Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, welcome to this week's Baldhead Bible podcast after show, Waxing the Dome. And I'm here once again with my friend, Pastor Todd Burrow of Bennington Bible Church. Now, we've been talking about the book of Ruth, Todd, but today I want to just talk about um, what have you been, just tell me a little bit, what, what have you been preaching through? What has been on your heart, you know, lately? Yeah, we've done a, I think, I think this is week 17 on a series I'm doing called In the Dust of the Rabbi, which is just a, a, a study on the life of Christ. We started a few weeks before Christmas and have taken it through Resurrection Sunday and uh, finishing up with the birth of the church. And uh, it's been good. You know, I just love, I love the life of Jesus. I, I love the person of Christ and, and to be able to study. Uh, and it wasn't exhaustive in any way because there's just too much. I mean, that's why John said, if all the you know, books that were, could ever be written were written about Jesus, there wouldn't be enough to contain him. And so we just took snippets of his life and how he um, claimed to be the son of God and the savior of the world and his preaching and his teaching and his miracles. And did you start with his birth? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then would you say the bulk of your 17 weeks was um, at the crucifixion, like the week up up to it and all that? Or would, would you say it was spread out more? It was spread out, um, you know, because there's the only thing in his childhood are, is when he was 12, when he went to the temple and um, was teaching the teachers and asking them questions and answering questions. And so we did the the, the birth of Christ and then that, and then uh, you know, his, his baptism and then his announcement of uh, in, in his hometown that he's come to preach good news to the poor and give sight to the blind and, um, and, and declare the year of the Lord's favor, the Jubilee and what that meant and, 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 and really what their response was, <laughs> which wasn't positive. They were going to throw him off of a cliff. And, and then beyond that, just his life, choosing his disciples and, and some of the different interactions with them and then the last six weeks were in the uh the 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 last supper the trial crucifixion resurrection and now in the ascension we actually talked about the ascension which is probably the one that few people really even talk about that 40 days he was with the disciples and you know teaching them and, and explaining to them what was going on and then on the mount of olives when he was ascended, he, he told them that, uh, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And you know the verse, but he was talking about how it, it's better that I go away so that the Spirit of God can come inside of you. And, and he said, I didn't say it in this context, but that you would do greater things than I did, which wasn't a term of better but a term of more because when jesus was you know on the earth he could only be one place at one time because he emptied himself of so much and 
now when the spirit of God comes, it'll possess every believer. And wherever you go, you're in Maryville, Missouri. I'm in Bennington, Kansas, and the church is scattered and, but the spirit of God is living in them. And so did you ever cover, did you ever, did you cover that part where Jesus says, and I found it a little confusing. Hey, after his resurrection, I want everybody to go visit, go meet out in Galilee. Or do you know what I'm saying? He said, and then it took them, the disciples a while to get out there. They all huddled in Jerusalem or uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's, that's interesting. They, they didn't, I think people forget how long Jesus was on earth after mm-hmm. his resurrection. You think, okay, he was resurrected. And then like three days later, boom, he was a saint. <laughs> well, like you said, 40 days. And the yeah. other thing I think find interesting is when they're watching Jesus go up, the angel comes to him and says, why do you stand here watching him, you know, ascend? I'm like, why would you not stand and watch him ascend? He's yeah. going, I would watch it till there was a last little dot in the sky. But you, you're watching God ascend. I mean, that would be a phenomenal. Why would you not stand there? Well, I think the reason was that it says that a cloud hid him. And imagine the cloud hit him and they're still looking up like, what are you guys looking at? He's gone already. And, and, and then they don't seem to be shocked that, an angel of God is speaking to them again at that point. And, um, but you know, the promise of he's coming back, he, he's not going to be gone. And, and, and I think Luke's gospel records that they, they left full of joy and they returned to Jerusalem and they prayed for those 10 days. And, and, and then the spirit of God comes down and empowers them. And Peter preaches this sermon that 3000 people hear the message and, and, yeah, I just think of the these these disciples who were just cowering before are now standing out in the streets of Jerusalem. They go back to the temple, the same place that he's, you know, tried to be crucified. They're now speaking to the same religious leaders. There's a fearlessness that is so beautiful in those men. And it's the spirit of God living in them that empowered them. And don't wouldn't you love to have that fearlessness today, you know? I know. Well, and that's just it. You know, we're talking about what do you say about the the virus that we're dealing with? And uh, there's this sense of, gosh, if I told them what I really thought, maybe people would be offended by that. Or, you know, just that's an example. But what about the gospel itself? You know, it it might be offensive. It might turn people away. I mean, you know, Paul said that which is this fragrance of, you know, wonderful perfume to the lost it's the smell of death. And, and I see that a lot of times when I do a funeral, you know, I, 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 I know there are people there that don't want to be there because they're not believers. And I share the gospel no matter what. And you can just see them fidget and go, I just can't he just shut up. Wouldn't you just get done with this? Because the gospel is offensive. And yeah, I need to, I need to learn to be more bold. I think that's something I'm learning. Hey, my other question is what, did you uh this 16 week series was it out of one book or how did you how did you do that how did you trace the life of Jesus and yeah, no, did was you just, was your congregation just flipping back and forth or how did you do that <laughs> I like to be expository if I can um and so I like to take a text and develop it but uh from one week to the next I will plant myself in a passage but we used all four gospels um you know whichever one I thought um communicated the best you know, the synoptic gospels tell the same story with a few different details. John's gospel 
uh, fills in some of the gaps and he says some different things. And so uh, just looking for the best scripture to, de to describe what we're talking about that day. Yeah, I've been reading through the Gospel of Mark, and a lot of people think that was the first gospel that everybody else based the other. I don't know if you have any opinion on that or if you've thought that out. Or Well, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, the Gospel of Mark really is the Gospel of Peter, and he was a loudmouth, and he probably wanted to get the message out before anybody else. And so it's him telling Mark what happened to him. And, and yeah, I think maybe been... right, because the, the other two, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, they they seem to be a little more detailed than Mark. Mark's just kind of cut to the chase. Well, they say Mark's full of energy. It's always moving forward. It doesn't have time yeah. to sit on one point. But I have been going through the book of Mark recently, and I have been convicted by um, just the fact that Mark talks about how the disciples had just fed the 5,000, and then they get in a boat, and then in the middle of the boat, all the storm kicks up, and then Jesus walks along the boat, and he calms the storm and he says, you know, hey, don't worry, I'm God. And it says in there, I think it's Mark chapter 6, verse 50 something. And it says, you know, for they had not learned from their experience of feeding the 5,000. They should have learned from the experience of feeding the 5,000 that, why are you worried? God's going to take care of you, you know? <laughs> and then two chapters later, it's the same thing. You mm -hmm. should have learned this already. Why? And it says, because their hearts were hard. And then I keep thinking, you know, what is, what is God trying to teach me through this pandemic and what am I not learning? You know, I think that's. Well, and since when have miracles ever been the convincing, you know, argument? If you look at the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea, getting manna from heaven, and they're griping that they need to go back to Egypt. Did you just see the Red Sea parted and all of Pharaoh's armies destroyed and God makes food come up? You know, but why doesn't miracles, miracles should that, why don't they? <laughs> I don't understand that either. I mean, I've not, I honestly haven't seen miracles, um, at least not, yeah, gosh, can you say a small miracle isn't a miracle? But uh, I think God wants us to act on faith, not on sight. And uh, he's given us enough evidence that faith is not hard. It's not a leap of faith for me. It's a step of faith, but he's left enough un- you know, unrevealed that it makes faith necessary. And so um, I think if it's just God, prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself, then what I'm doing is revealing my own heart that I won't take you at your word. I have to be, you know, I have to, sh I have to have evidence to prove it. And, and I don't think that ever works. Hey, how long do you typically preach for? <laughs> A long time, uh, 45 to 50 minutes. I, I, I think there's something important about preaching. And, and so I, I think it's a sad state of affairs when people say you can only preach for 20 minutes. When, when you look at scripture, uh, the Bible talks about the foolishness of preaching and, and that they gave themselves to the apostles teaching the early church. And um, I think we dumb down our congregations by trying to be full of sound bites and quick snippets. And so, um, I may be one of the old rare guys anymore, but I think that's really important. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. If I don't want to steal listeners from my podcast, but if somebody wanted to, uh, do you have any online, you know, do you have, are you on YouTube? If, if, if I wanted to come watch you preach, where can yeah. I go? 
go to YouTube, uh, Bennington Bible Church, and um, we've got hundreds of my sermons up there. And the so you have ser- this whole series, this whole past series on there? Yeah, yeah, we do. And I mean, gosh, it's been, I think we've been on YouTube for at least five years now. So um, there's a lot of my sermons that are there. And if you like long-winded preachers, you can go there. But yeah, go to Bennington Bible Church on our YouTube page and go to, I think, go to our actual, the 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 logo and then go to videos or sermons and you'll see all that good stuff. So, yeah. Do you remember when there was something called God tube? I may be wrong, but I remember there was, <laughs> yes, it was like a Christian version of YouTube. I think, you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. I wonder if it still exists. I don't know if it even exists. <laughs> we always come up with this great stuff, like, you know, through three months behind, uh, you know, know. worlds yeah. or whatever. Well, my question is, why can't we come up with something besides Google and Yahoo and YouTube and Facebook that are also liberal nut jobs? Why don't we find some conservative Facebooks or something? Why, why do we give ourselves to that? It's just, I don't understand that. That's hard for me to understand. But I You don't understand why we give ourselves to just social media that gives us the same type of narratives and stuff? Yeah, and why those are so popular. I mean... But when you look at like radio, talk radio is, it's the conservative market seems to dominate there, but not when it comes to search engines or social media. And it's just interesting to me. I wonder if it's a generational thing too, you know. Um, But I do know some um, younger conservatives. They're not all Mm -hmm. 50 plus. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, a guy like Charlie Kirk has been, really good in reviving that uh, with um, his uh, campus. I would call it a ministry. I know it's not right. a ministry, but he is a Christian and just a conservative. Or Ben Shapiro or somebody like that. Or Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so in looking at the life of Jesus, um, do you ever, you know, I, I'm not one to look for the signs of the times, but you know, like you said, the disciples were excited about him coming back. Mm-hmm. And how many, what's the, uh, like, how many thousands of years are we removed from that? Uh, but then you see stuff like this worldwide pandemic, and then they have all those, you know, uh, plague of locusts in Middle East and yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you take any stock in that? Or is that just bad times and yes god's gonna return but this stuff doesn't really mean much what's your take on that or well every generation thought it was going to be their generation and and it's always true to say that we're closer now than we've ever been but and i think jesus said i think it was regarding the second coming not the rapture but that you know you you don't have to know the exact times but you can see the seasons you know when the leaves start to change you can see that it's either spring or or fall, um, you can look at the clouds and you can forecast certain things, uh, he said. And, and I think we can look at those things and their birth pangs, if you will, and know that they're getting closer. And so whether that's 500 years or five years or five minutes, I don't know. I, I tend to think, you know, and again, in 50 years, if somebody watches this and it didn't happen, they go, yeah, see, I told you it didn't happen. But, um, you know, and even, even, Paul says, and I think Jude said, you know, that there will be scoffers in the last days who'll say, where's his returning? Where's his returning? Well, it could be soon. I hope it is, man. I'd like it to be before we finish this podcast. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Yep. Oh, no, we're still here.
no, I, uh, I, I agree. And that's one thing about this pandemic too. It, I've always held a loose grip on the things of life, but I didn't realize how strong that grip was. And I do think this pandemic makes you realize, I mean, do you understand the joys that we will have in heaven forevermore? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've heard, I know I will, yeah. but man, I mean, it's going to be so much better, you know? Yes. I, I, I can't even imagine. Um, how, uh, geez, sounds like a song. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. And you know, the I mean, Paul says, eye is not seen and ear is not heard and mind hasn't conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But then he says, but God has revealed this to us by his spirit that even though I can't say the words, even though I can't see it, I can't hear it. I know in my heart by the spirit of God that there's something greater and that gives me joy and that is hope. And I am Oh, I can't wait, John. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited about it because I know it's going to be better. He's going to set all things new and a new heaven and a new earth. And it's more than just ethereal heaven. It's new heaven and new earth. And oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. See, and I keep thinking, I'm going to have this little duplex <laughs> and my wife's going to have this huge mansion or on earth, I'm going to rule and reign over... Bennington and my they'll give you know my wife Chicago or Todd you, know. you insult me <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful little place but yeah no I did I've been there and I will say it is a wonderful little place once you find <laughs> it it is a wonderful little place so. <laughs> exactly that's right that's right yeah all right you well we went a little I... longer there but thank you Todd and that's the end of this week's um Baldhead Bible After Show, Waxing the Dome. Join us next week and think about becoming a supporter so you can join us for only $1 a month. Todd, what else can you buy for a dollar a month? Uh, a dollar shave club? Um, is that the same? I don't know. I've never done it, but maybe. Can you even get a Matchbox car? I think you can. I used to buy my boys Matchbox cars at the end of our Walmart trips because they thought I was so cool. They were like 56 yeah. cents, 95 cents. I think they are now. No, you can't. I remember buying, oh, back in my day, I remember getting a soda pop for 35 cents. Oh, man, that doesn't happen. Almost a gallon, ga- gallon of gas, though. That's cool. Well, you had like great, you probably bought grape soda, too, or something like that. Not even cool. <laughs> no, That's Diet cool. Coke. At the and did you get uh did you get was it a soda jerk where you got it? <laughs> yeah it was a soda fountain no it was a it was a regular can you know and Todd shows up and it's a wonderful life you know in that scene where uh, he falls in love with her at the soda fountain or she falls yeah George Bailey oh, yeah I'm saying if you look closely Todd's in there with, uh, <laughs> oh you know. greatest movie ever. All right. Well, thank you, Todd. Hey, wait, can I say one thing? Can I say one thing? I know you've gone long, but I would have to say last week you had Chad on and he was bald and you're bald. I have a full head of hair. I just want everybody to know that. So I may it's be a black sheep. It's true because you won't be able to see Todd's face. This isn't recorded, but he does. He has, you know, I'm looking at him right now. He has, he has, it, it's sort of fading, but nope, it's pretty, it's, <laughs> It's hanging on. It's he's got a full head of hair. I'm impressed. So you're right. I don't know why I have you on here. It's not bald at all. But. I'm sorry. 
All right. No, you may, you make a good point. So, all right. Thank you, Todd. And see you next week. Baldhead Bible after show waxing the dome listeners. All right. Bye.